Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Countryfied UK podcast, brought to you all the way from the United Kingdom, bringing you your weekly fix of everything country. And now your hosts, Alex and Blaine. Hey guys, welcome to episode number 11 on Countryfied UK's podcast. I'm Alex and I'm with my boy Blaine. Hey guys, what's happening? Oh, well, um, so we've had a few weeks off, um, and that's not due to laziness. That was due to the fact that we decided one week after coming back from Blackpool, we were going to be like, oh, let's let's have a, a week off, well, well-deserved rest. And then I got unwell uh, with uh, man flu, uh, which I was pretty bad with uh, for a week. And then when we almost got right, well, we'll meet up again uh, next week, we'll get this going. And then Blaine got unwell. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, everything was against us for the last few weeks. Yeah, like well, like you say, straight after we came back from Blackpool, we recorded that episode, and I ended up oh, uh, going. Were, I yeah. went down to London the week, literally the weekend off there for a festival. I think three weeks off the trot three. at festivals it was just enough for my body just to be like, we need a rest. I think it was just one week, like <laughs> one weekend for me, and my body just went, nope, can't, you can't do it anymore, man. Yeah, stop. <laughs> yeah, I've got to remember we're not 18 anymore. No, like getting close to double that age. Um, but we're back. That's the main thing. We are here. We're about to record our 11th episode and we'll be straight back on it. I mean, it's been a blessing in disguise, to be honest, because we've had a nice relaxing break. Um, we've managed to sort of figure out a schedule and yep. me and Alex were just talking before we came on air here. And honestly, our schedule is going all the way through to May oh, 2022. I know. I know. It, was, it was a bit of a realisation when uh, we kind of just went, because uh, I was looking uh, looking at booking.com, <laughs> not promoted. Um, and uh, I was just like, "What? why have I got this hotel booked for this place? Why have I got this hotel booked for this place? <laughs> Trying to remember why we're booked all these hotels for all these different places. Like we're going to be in Glasgow, we're going to be in London, we're going to be in Leeds. Um, it's it's crazy. Yeah, this, it's awesome, but this though. is our life at the minute because concerts are starting to happen again. Yes. And when we started this whole process, it was meetings over Zoom and stuff. And now we're getting the chance to meet artists face to face, which unfortunately means traveling, but it's a good thing. Oh yeah. Um I mean don't get me wrong, I love driving, but um we're gonna we're gonna be talking about um why we're going to London, uh, because that is our next adventure. We'll be talking about that. We're gonna be talking a little bit about country to country as well, because uh, that's something that's coming up uh, for us. Um but yeah, we just uh we just want to tell you how excited we are to be back finally doing Absolutely. The, I've missed doing this. And it's been such a it's such a good episode this week. Like, yeah, um, good interview, aren't so we? we've got interviews and music. I'll let Alex announce who they are, but we've come back with a bang straight away. Oh, yes. Um, well, first of all, the interview, Ryan Harmon, who was, uh, he was um, on, I was going to say X Factor, it wasn't X Factor, Amer- um, American, is it American Idol? Yeah, he, yeah was American, on, he was on American we, Idol. There's so many different talent shows, isn't there? That's the problem. America's Got Talent, America's X Factor, American Idol. Um, but yeah, he was on American Idol. Um, and uh, you've got to watch him on YouTube and watch the song that he did because it was one of his own songs. It was incredible. Um, and uh, 
I'll tell you what, I won't give any spoilers, but watch the video, find him on YouTube, Ryan Harmon, um, and listen to like go on American Idol and just watch the video. It's great, isn't it? Yeah, I can Fantastic. imagine if you've got social media, you might not recognize a name, but I can pretty much guarantee you've probably seen the audition video because oh, yeah. it was viewed like 50 million times or something like that. And yeah, you'll just be drawn in straight away by his personality and he just etched that straight into our interview. He brought that across and he did his famous shoo-wee. Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> I had to ask. I felt like, I felt really awkward at the end just being like, oh, would you mind just doing your shoo-wee thing? Proper little fanboy yeah, moment. It was. It was so cool. And he did it, oh, he did it amazingly as well. Um, but once again, watch him on YouTube, um, but you'll listen to him on interview he gave such great answers to the questions, didn't he? It was. I think, I, to be honest, I think the interview goes on like an hour and a half. But when it did not feel that way, we're just deep in conversation, literally going from one topic to another, going back to the interview questions. And he's just one of them sort of characters where you can just sit and converse with him for so long. Yeah, easily. I mean, he was, he was at his friends, wasn't he? Because he was uh, in the middle of actually recording something. Um, and so, like he actually stopped for his kind of like lunch break or whatever to talk to us. And then an hour and a half later, we were just like, Oh, maybe, maybe, oh, we should wrap this up because you've got recording to do and me and Blaine, I've got to go to bed. Yeah. Cause he used to have his own podcast. So he's very good at talking. And what's nice about me is not only is he just like an artist, he's an actual country music fan yeah. and he's very knowledgeable. Very like he, some of the stuff he came out with, like you couldn't agree more with a lot of the stuff. Yeah, was even awesome. quoting like artists from many, many years ago. And that's one great thing about him because obviously we love to talk. We love country music as well. And it's just nice where you can just shoot the breeze with somebody like that. Yeah. And Ryan is a perfect guy and no doubt we'll probably have him on the show again. And that interview will be uploaded onto our YouTube channel as well. And if we ever get the travel across to America and uh, do a... Um, a Countryfied UK tour uh, to interview people. Um, hopefully, we'll meet up with him. Absolutely. In so, Arkansas. In Arkansas. I can It's awesome. And then we have got like music again from one of our very good friends. Oh, so um, we've got Grand River Sounds. Um, they've given us their version of uh, uh, Where I Belong. And uh, it's an acoustic version. So we played their full band version Um must have been about two months ago. Um, like it was one of the one of the very like uh, f- like first three or four episodes in, um, and Imran Beg, uh, who was the person we got to speak to, who uh, sent us the song. Like me and Blaine just fell in love with it because it was so cool. Like very Sons of Anarchy, and it was like an absolutely amazing song. And he said that they were going to do um, an acoustic set of it. Um, so a fi- an acoustic vibe and he sent us it and uh, given us permission to play it at the end of this podcast so when it gets to the end of this podcast listen to it and download it guys just get it get it downloaded it's amazing absolutely like alex says that was in episode six and it was an episode where we focused on independent artists and we had the um likes of mary mcginnis on uh, Grand river sounds uh, we had henry conlin on oh, the show yeah. as well that was a good so episode. That, if you want to know like the meaning behind the song and everything, we do interview Imran on that episode. And he talks about what the song is, like how his band came about, like everything about that. And then you can hear the song, like the full band song on that. And then on this episode, you'll hear the stripped back version. So 
it's absolutely fantastic. Both are fantastic. Oh, I yeah. can't even pick which one I prefer better, but I, we'll let you guys decide yeah. and do let us know on Instagram as well. Because on that episode number six, we got so much feedback from each of the artists oh, about yeah. their different songs. And uh, Grand River Sounds really, uh, like, you guys resonated with that song so much. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, so, Imran, thank you so much as well if you're listening. Uh, thank you so much for sending us uh and like honestly we appreciate it uh and we love you guys so thank you um but blaine let's talk i'll tell you what let's talk a little bit about country to country first so it's been well it's been about a month since we last put out an episode when we came back from blackpool and loads of things have like changed so as we've mentioned in numerous interviews and episodes me and alex had tickets for country to country 2020 in march Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then just... the world literally went in. We got up to Glasgow, um, <laughs> drove up there that night. Well, Bob would go out. We're all dressed up. And I checked my emails, had an email from Ticketmaster saying this this uh, concert's been cancelled. And we well, sat in the hotel room in Glasgow and we're like, well, we'll not let it ruin the weekend. We'll try and make the most of it. But we, we, did, missed, like... the, we missed the <laughs> chance of seeing Luke Combs oh. and Brett Young and stuff. So. We got back and they were like, keep a hold of your tickets because we will come back next year. Obviously, next year came, wasn't able to do it. So here we come. They've announced the lineup for 2022. And my God, we we only had tickets for the Friday for Glasgow. And the lineup was announced. And I was like, Alex, I've got a surprise for you. Not thinking he had seen the lineup. (laughs) And he was like, well, like, I think I might know what you're on about. I was like, I really? exactly what you want. And well, like, we need to get tickets for the three days. Yeah. So we will be in attendance at Country to Country Glasgow for the three Fr- days. Yeah, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Hopefully try to meet up with the artists, try to get some exclusive interview for you guys. Hopefully, because last time we had tickets for the after party, which Willie oh, Jones was yeah, performing Willie at. Jones was going to do. And obviously that was cancelled as well. But let's just talk about like Thursday, like Friday. So we've got Luke Combs, Ashley McBride, Flatline Cavalry, and Hayley Witters. Like what? Like that's just unbelievable. Looking so forward to that because obviously there's going to be more people announced. hundred percent. Then yeah. Saturday, the day you're most looking forward <sighs> to, I am going to have to strap him into the seat for this one. So we like have the headliner as Miranda Lambert, then Kip Moore, who I am looking forward to seeing him, Russell and Dickinson. Get in. So excited. Introducing Nashville. So that lineup hasn't been announced for that, but it's normally like a singer-songwriter-esque thing where there's four artists on stage. And then the Sunday, Darius Rucker again. I know. Uh, like, oh, it's like going back to like my, my personal roots of uh, country. Then Brett Young, Scotty McKeary, and Runaway June. So out of all the three days, the most person I'm looking forward to seeing is Luke Holmes. I presume... Yours might be Russell. Oh, no, I don't really want to see him. Oh, why is he, how is he not headlining? Like, in and, fairness, oh, there is some absolute competition oh, the bangers, there. Like, absolute bangers. But, I mean, it's Russell Dixon, man. But, in my opinion, like, Sunday is the best day because you got, like, Darius, um, Brett Young, Scott McCreary, Runaway June. Like, we know all their songs. Like, it's going to be fantastic. Our voices day. are going to be destroyed. Like, oh, absolutely. Like, I... I, I tell you now, we are going to be doing an episode about country to country, and we're going to try and get ourselves um, in the back uh, if we can and interview people. But if we can't, 
we're still going to be there. We're still going to record some live music uh, while we're there. We're going to record ourselves. Like we're going to give our feedback on what we like, how we thought. Um, I just can't. Oh, man, I just cannot wait. I, it's Russell Dixon, man. I know. <laughs> and so, so, so to like to my knowledge, there's still tickets left, and obviously you've got the Glasgow show, the London show, and the Dublin show. Ireland. And obviously these like acts. So like Friday, Luke Combs is in Glasgow. He might be in London on the Saturday. Saturday and then on Sunday, Dublin or vice versa. I mean, how cool works. is that though? Like how, how it's all work, like how it all works out. It is. It's, it's very good. Really and, good, well organized. Um, that runs from Friday the 11th of March to Sunday the 13th of March, uh, 2022. And yeah, Alex, we need to look the part. We need to get dressed up in a, we need you in a pair of boots. I don't think I'll be like, I, I cannot I just don't think I can go that far. Russell asked. <laughs> oh, in that case. In that case. <laughs> but yeah, so definitely like um, really looking forward to that. Obviously, we'll do a build up towards it. Yeah. Like nearer the time. Um, and once again, like we'll probably end up talking about some of these artists because if you remember uh, in episode number nine, we did Artist Spotlight, which we'll continue to keep doing. Yeah. Um, and you did Russell. Of course. Um, so, yeah, so just keep checking that out. And as soon as we hear any more announcements, if there's an after party, we'll let you guys know. Or even if there's just going to be like more acts announced, we'll definitely let you know. But if you're a country music fan and you're in the UK or Ireland or Scotland, definitely get yourself there. just get yourself there. Because I believe there's tickets left and there probably won't be that many with, with that lineup. No, and no, definitely honestly, not. Honestly, it was like... 40 pounds a day it's awesome isn't it so like i would pay like like 40 pounds to see luke combs like i'd pay a lot more than that but i'm just saying like you pay 40 quid to see luke combs and yet you're getting three other people on top of that i know value for money that exactly so you've you've guys if there's tickets available left at those venues get yourself there because it is going to be amazing and if anyone is going to the glasgow country to country Hit me and Blaine up on Instagram because we want to hear if you're going and if you guys wanted the meet up and stuff like yeah. that. And if you get in touch, what we might do is a small little competition because we've got t-shirts to give away as well. Yeah, absolutely. We'll uh, run competitions all the way up to there and um, we'll meet up and we'll go for a drink and like hopefully let's get to this after party and let's just have a big country-fied UK party. Oh, yeah, I mean, if if there isn't an after party, we'll make an after party. Yeah, absolutely. Because we'll the Scottish know how the party as well. Oh, yeah. But so yeah, so that's country to country, uh, twenty twenty two. I find that so hard to say. No, it's, it's so just, weird. Twenty twenty two. It's because we didn't have a twenty twenty and barely yeah. a twenty twenty one. It's a bit of a tongue twister. Twenty twenty two. But so going off that to something just a bit closer in November. Yes. As the British Country Music Association Awards. Yeah. So once again, you've probably heard us mention this in interviews or in past episodes. But this is like the focal point of the British country music, like British country music, where people are being recognised for their work. Um, and it's really good because oh, yeah. since we started, went to Blackpool, covered that, met many of the artists down there. We've spoken to a few British artists, become a pally with them. And quite a few of them are up for nomination and against each other. Yeah, I know. It's made our job so much harder. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything but the person knows who's got my foot and uh you know it is well deserved but 
it, they're all well deserved. That yeah. oh, man, it's so hard. It is. It, it if we didn't know them, it would be so much yeah, easier. <laughs> exactly. It would just be a case, oh, I really like their song. It would just go. But the problem is, not only now do we know them, but we listen to their songs and they're they're just all good. <laughs> like See, we listen to the songs, they're all good, they're all very talented, and we know like how hard working they are. Yeah. Like and it's I'm just pleased to be recognized for their hard work. Like um like we say, it's like just to be nominated for an award, but like this is the vo- like this is the like focal point of like the British country music, and so this one's down in Chelsea, down in London, at a venue London. called Under the Bridge, and the awards are on the Saturday night, yeah, thirteenth of November, which Alex's birthday is the twelfth, ninth. Thank you though, ninth. Well, we're, go- we're going on the twelfth. Yeah, that's why I got mixed up. And my birthday is like on the Monday, so it falls in between. So it's going to be a party down oh, in London. Can't believe you thought my birthday was the twelfth. No, that was because we're traveling down on the ninth. Mm. I can't believe. No, we're traveling down on the twelfth, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's proper. My birthday's on the ninth. <laughs> we're traveling on the twelfth. My brain is frazzled. Not only can I not say twenty twenty two. Yeah. So, but on the Saturday night, the awards are happening. On the Sunday, there's like uh, singer songwriters of like the artists there. And hopefully we'll meet up with the artists. Like, um, we'll, we'll be posting on with social media is who's won what awards. We'll have pictures yeah. with the artists and that congratulating them. But just a few of the categories that's available. It's UK album of the year, UK song of the year, UK male vocalist of the year, UK female vocalist of the year, UK duo group of the year, UK Entertainer of the Year, UK Musician of the Year, International Album of the Year, and International Song of the Year. So even on them international ones, you've got like Taylor Swift and stuff. So I I wonder if she'll be in attendance. (laughs) If Tay-Tay's there. (laughs) Oh, man. So, yeah. Tell it, yeah, she is up for she is up for an award there. Um, oh, she'll just she'll go over Zoom. She'll probably win, and it'll be over Zoom, and everyone will be like, "Oh, yay! Okay, you couldn't be bothered to come." Um, that's not me. That's not me being a bitch. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like so, it's good, and I'm pleased to do it like international like awards as well because oh, it's yeah. sort of it's sort of self promoting like British country music. Because let's just say if like Tete. Had won it. Well done. If Tete had won an award, and she posts it on her Instagram, it and puts like, them up. Yeah, it literally like, and they're tagged in that. That's just going to blow up like British Country Music Association. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so we'll be down there. So once again, if you're about in London over that weekend, definitely drop us a message. Yeah, because um, we'll be celebrating our birthday. So that's going to be our birthday weekend. And you can get tickets still available for that, and you can get them for the award show. And you can get them for like the singer songwriter as well on the uh, the Sunday. Yeah, and um, you can also vote. I believe if you go to like the BCMA like website, and you can see the categories on there, who's been like nominated for what, and I'm sure you can pledge your vote in. Yeah. So it's the first time they've ever done it because normally it goes to a board of panelists, uh, but this year I think they've changed it up slightly. Yeah. So um, it's like straight come dancing. Yeah, if there's an artist that you like. Um, for example, like Hayley McKay, who we interviewed in the British Country Music Festival, she's up for an award. If you've listened to her music and you think she deserves your vote, then get along on the website and just click away. Yeah, same with Charlotte Young. Yeah, so, so happy day. So that's all happening. But um, yeah, 
Yeah, um, but while we're talking about the BCMA, uh, follow them on Instagram because uh, they, they post stuff up on there um, so you can keep following them and uh, just find out more detail as uh, the weeks come on. Um, but my God, it's only like a month and a bit away. Yeah, this year is sharply going quick. Yeah. I went into the shops the other day and the Christmas decorations are out. I've seen that. And I was like, it's not Halloween yet. Like, no. get the masks out the way and get the fireworks out the way. Then we'll think about Christmas. Yeah, I, I don't do anything about Christmas till after my birthday. Yeah. Uh, as, as, as soon as it hits the 10th of November, and I'll be, I'll be Christmassy moody. Um, but He is just that. like elf. <laughs> like, Gosh. no, but you like Christmas that much. Yeah. You are like a big kid at heart. Yeah. Santa! <laughs> <laughs> Like, not saying that he drinks, like, maple syrup or spaghetti oh, and yes. stuff oh, like that. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's but, disgusting. Yeah. So let's uh, let's kick back with this um, episode even more, and let's, uh, should we get into an interview with Ryan? I think we should get into an interview with Ryan. So let's, uh, I'll let you announce that one. Okay, well, guys, this is uh, Ryan Harmon, and this is our interview with him. Enjoy. So we're joined by Ryan Harmon, who is uh, one of the, the legends uh, in uh, the new country fight scene uh, for us, because uh, we've been following you for quite some time, especially when you're on American Idol. Um, so we've de- we'll definitely be talking about that later. But how are you doing, Ryan? I'm doing great. Thank you all so much for having me. And, and thank you for the compliments as well. I really appreciate that. Well, me and me and Blaine are definitely big fans of yours. Um, obviously, we, I, I'm not going to lie, we do say that about a lot of people, but it's because we generally are fans of the people we get on the show, because otherwise yeah. we, we wouldn't be trying to reach out to you. <laughs> um, no offense to the people we haven't reached out to yet. I yeah. just want to say that now. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, it's like, we. but just before we uh, got you on, we were literally listening to some of m- your music and uh, we're just like, we absolutely love it. Really love it. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I have a great time doing it. and. Man, if you'd have told me even a year and a half ago that I'd be able to do this professionally by now, I, I would have told you you were crazy because I've been trying to do it for 12 years and just never quite made that jump. Oh, wow. And it's been great. Well, in that case, I will jump into a first question for you. Let If we can uh, have a little bit about yourself, like where you grew up and uh, how your childhood was. Well, there's a song, uh, it's the title track to my latest CD, which I put out last year. It's called Country Fried. Uh, And that kind of, that song really gives a pretty good idea of of my childhood. You know, it it starts off, I was baptized in Nola Creek, which by the way, I found out after I wrote the song, I I can do the behind the music now because it's been out long enough. I found out after that, uh, because that's around where my grandparents live or used to live. Uh, They had a farm outside of Bluffton, Arkansas, a little community called Gravely. And there was a little town just about 10, 12 miles down the road from them called Nola. And it's kind of a ghost town. There used to be, you know, some stores and gas stations there, but uh, all that closed down. And so now it's just really this kind of ghost town community, but it's still a, a really cool place to visit. But wow. whenever I was a little kid, we'd go there and we, we would fish or go down there to get well water because, you know, really, and still to this day, there aren't a lot of you know, utilities or cell phone service or anything like that out there. So it's it's kind of like the middle of nowhere, but in a good way. Because yeah. always, anytime you went there, you could just escape from everything. But I asked him after I wrote that song, because 
that creek that we used to fish in is where we got baptized. And I, and, uh, I said, now, is it? I said Nola Creek in the song, but is that right? And he said, no, that's the Fush River. So not only was it not called Nola, it wasn't even a creek. It was part of the Fush River. So I got it way wrong. But Nola Creek rolled off the tongue a little better than Fush River. So that's, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> could appreciate the Nola part of it, too. Uh, yeah, I, I was actually, all that to say, I was actually uh, raised in Lamar, by golly, Arkansas, as uh, as we know now on American Idol, uh, Lamar, <laughs> Arkansas, which is a pretty similar town. Uh, you know, if you're traveling through Arkansas, it's about hour and 45 minutes from Little Rock and about an hour from Fort Smith. So it's kind of in between there from a couple of the bigger cities in Arkansas. But uh, really just kind of what you hear from a lot of country singers, you know, growing up in a small town, not really a whole lot going on, not really a whole lot to do. And yeah. Used to try to play sports when I was a little kid and failed miserably at that and figured out that that was not going to be the path for me. Uh, most other people in my family were pretty good at sports, but I, I didn't didn't get that for some reason. But uh, whenever I was four years old, uh, I got my first guitar for Christmas. My mom got it for me, and I, I I beat the heck out of that thing. Had no idea how to how to play it or how to take care of it properly or anything like that. I thought the reason it had six strings is so that way, if you broke one, you had five left. I, it was just, I had no knowledge of this stuff. But uh, music was really what jumped out at me from an early age because I decided I wanted to be George Jones, Garth Brooks, Clint Black. You know, that's that's what I really grew up on and remember listening to the most. Of course, with my grandfather listening to, George Jones was his all-time favorite. So there was a lot of George, a lot of Merle Haggard, Ray Price, uh, Mel Street. Nice. People like that, you know, uh, so that was really my background growing up. And of course, uh, whenever I got to the age where I actually decided to start learning how to play the guitar, I was probably, oh, probably 11 or 12 uh, when I actually started learning how to really play that thing. And at that point, man, the, the country music was at the window and it was all Kiss, Van Halen, Black Sabbath, yeah. you know, Aerosmith, as I oddly enough have on today. Uh, but that, that was really where I was at, Motorhead, Megadeth, Slayer. So country music was the furthest thing from my mind at that point. But uh, I will say, whenever I started learning guitar, having those rock and metal chops, and then, of course, a lot of blues, Buddy Guy is one of my biggest influences of all time, not only as a guitar player, but as a singer, too. I think some of my more kind of honky-tonk or rock and stuff, if you really listen to the vocals, you could hear a lot of Buddy Guy influence in there he made a tremendous impact on me, but, uh, and Muddy Waters, B.B. King, Stevie Ray Vaughan. I think starting off with those chops helped me out later, and especially doing the solo acoustic thing. It, it helped me a lot to kind of be, uh, be able to stand alone by myself and still be able to accompany myself. But yeah, that's, that's kind of in a nutshell, that's, that's a good idea of kind of where I came from. Yeah, that was a great description. Love that. Yeah, that's absolutely. Brilliant. Um, just going back, you mentioned like country fried. Like, what does that like term mean? Like, so, like to the people that's listening in the UK, like they might not know. Well, it uh, there's the, <laughs> there's a, a kind of a, I, I came up with that on kind of a whim. Uh, uh, generally, when you talk about country fried over here, you're talking about like country fried steak, country fried. This is it's it's really a food term. And of course, one of my favorite dishes is country fried steak. When I can get a good one, there are a lot of places that have bad country fried steak. 
when you find a good one every once in a while, it, oh man, it's worth it. You've got to try. But, and I'm just going to say this for the record because I want all of my friends in the UK to know this. And I want to say it for anybody around the world who's watching or listening to this. Once and for all, we have to say country fried steak is not served with brown gravy. It is served with creamy white gravy. Thank you very much. I rest my case. There are rules to this. Yeah. Arguments settled. There we go. That's <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's really more of a food term. But uh, actually, whenever I started off, I uh, had a, a little podcast that I created uh, while I was working for a PBS station here in Arkansas. And uh, I, I was the only one that was really, aside from uh, we had, of course, the, the, the graphics producer uh, made the, did the graphic treatment for it. And then we had uh, one of our videographers that, I did a couple of the video pieces to promote it. But outside of that, I was doing everything else with this, including coming up with the name. And so uh, I was staying late one night just trying to figure out well, what the heck we're going to call this thing. Because it's got to be an interesting name. It's got to be something that I feel like describes what I want to do with it. Uh, and so I was staying up there late one night with my boss, and we were just sitting around a table just trying to figure out any idea that we could possibly have. And, uh, you know, I, I remember there, there was this really, really edgy, inappropriate, offensive movie that was made in the 70s called Kentucky Fried Movie. And if you, you, you either have heard of it or you've never heard of it, there's no in between. And if you've heard of it, you've seen it. So, uh, but it's, you can still go watch it online. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely a, a strange movie, but I just remember that title sticking out of, you know, Kentucky fried movie. I thought, well, is there something, you know, Arkansas fried for whatever reason, just doesn't quite have a, a ring to it. I don't know what it is, but eventually I just said, well, or call it country fried. And then that was it. So, oh, that was the, the bell went off at that point. So I, I knew that that was the term. And I really just kind of, uh, from that point, with, with the, the podcast that I did whenever I was at the PBS station, you know, it was mostly for the, the Ken Burns country music documentary that came out a couple of years ago. And so that's really what I focused on with that was kind of trying to not only get, you know, occasionally a guest that maybe was mentioned in the documentary or, or had some sort of connection uh, to somebody, somebody in the documentary, but also to, to try to tell the stories of some of the people who weren't in the film at all. Like the, the first episode was Charlie Daniels and Charlie was all over the, the documentary as it should be. But then you jump into Marty Rabin of Shenandoah. Shenandoah, although they weren't mentioned in the documentary, because it really, the, the last episode is where they really covered the, the eighties and nineties the most, but there was so much to cover there that there were a lot of people that just had to be left out for, for whatever reason. And, I'm glad I didn't have to make that decision because had it been me, it'd have been a 200 hour documentary. It, <laughs> I don't see how you, how you can make that tough choice about what to keep and, and what to cut. But, you know, you look at groups like that, Shenandoah, Barbara Fairchild, who's from Arkansas, uh, Sean Camp, a friend of mine, who's a tremendous singer, songwriter, producer, musician from Arkansas. There are a lot of people who have really great, interesting, influential, country music stories and, and, and history, but how in the world do you fit all of them into a documentary? So I, I kind of took advantage of that and, and decided I would kind of help to, to tell those people's stories whenever I could and also to tell my story a little bit. Yeah. But, 
once that ended, cause it only went for six episodes, but once that ended, I decided, okay, I, I kind of, I got to carry this thing on because I was the country music guy there and, and there wasn't going to be really anybody else that uh, I thought would, would do that. And I don't think there was really any, uh, any use for that after the documentary promotion ended. So I just decided to carry the torch and say, well, it's, you know, country fried is my thing. I, I came up with it. I did all of it. So here we go. And, uh, of course wrote the song country fried and it really has kind of been, uh, it's been my margarita bill, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I'm, a- <laughs> I'm happy with that. <laughs> So oh, it, it's really it started as a food term, but I think it describes me pretty well because I think everything about me is a little bit country fried. Happy days. I like that. Um, so just uh, going on from something a bit different, that your musical influences, I know that you've mentioned a few before, but what about now? Who, who gives you that influence to do your music, like songwriting? Well, uh, the big ones that you'll hear a lot in my music now, of course, Buddy Guy, like I mentioned before, uh, you're going to hear George Jones. You're going to hear Travis Tritt. He's probably my favorite. He's probably my number one, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, you're going to hear a lot of Kiss because that was the first band that maybe decided to play guitar. And so especially when I'm writing guitar riffs or anything like that, there's a lot of that influence in there. Uh, you're going to hear uh, some some ZZ Top. Nice. Uh, and, and, you know, kind of jumping in, I, I think that the style that I play works pretty well right now because you've got people like chris stapleton luke combs eric church that that kind of they're straddling that line really well between modern commercial country and that kind of old school singer songwriter vibe and so the, the fact that that's doing so well right now and particularly eric church has become a an even bigger influence on me as time yeah. has gone on because whenever he came onto the scene if you remember he really wasn't marketed as that singer songwriter guy. He was just marketed as kind of another, I know the term bro country wasn't around yet, but they, they kind of almost made him out to be like that, but he was never like that at all. I mean, one of the first songs that he wrote was about a guy who uh, got electric or got the uh, electric chair death penalty. Uh, You know, so that's, that's not really a very commercial slick kind of song. So he was never in that ballpark. Uh, as he's gone on and really been able to kind of identify himself and and just do whatever he wants musically. I mean, Chief is what really opened him up. But even after that, everybody wanted him to make a copy of that album, and he refused to. Went to the Outsiders, which didn't sound much like Chief, and then you know on to Mister Misunderstood, which didn't sound much like the Outsiders, and you know, mm-hmm. and then now with the the triple album that he put out this uh, this year. My gosh, to have three records of material that, although there is a thread running through all of them, he goes through so many different styles and influences on there. Um, that's something that's really influential on me, and especially to know that it can be done from a commercial aspect. And I, I know that some of the stuff I do is maybe a little too much on the countryside, or at sometimes maybe a little too much on the rock side, but I got all these different influences and I, I just, I've got to do it. You know, I, I've got some songs that could work well for people who like more of the modern sound, but uh, I, I've got plenty for the, the beer drinking honky town crowd like me too. And I'm actually, oddly enough, uh, where I'm right now, I'm in, I, I'm, I'm in about the best place I could find here, but uh, I'm actually at uh, a practice house that uh, I've got with the uh, new band that I'm playing with try it quiet, which is a really, really fun project and something we do here around Arkansas. 
but uh, I'm actually here working on some new music. It's a nice, quiet place. I'm actually working on a Great. what I assume is going to be a new album right now. But uh, and I actually before we started doing this, I was uh, doing some more vocals on a, a song that I've got uh, that'll probably be released as a single in the next five six months, I would think. Oh, cool. uh, it's uh, it's it's definitely got a little more of the little more of the modern sound to it but it's kind of my take on it. it's still got a lot of my influences lyrically and, and musically on it too well funnily enough like me and blaine always we always discuss this um we think that like the kind of modern country starting to go old school again which is where we think it should start going because the old school kind of sound and music like that's where country like the sound of country is and it sounds awesome and we were discussing um like in fact we were listening uh uh to the song before um oh his song i, I, just I knew jumped. this would happen what that i forgot um, oh no that's the song and so yeah so basically i was saying to alex like when you were part of, like performing before you reminded us like so much of like travis tritt as yeah. well even just like performance wise so thank you very much and we were talking about how that like in not necessarily in like nashville like tennessee mainly in texas like you see sort of that old school country and like them legends their music sort of being like revamped and like that styles going back around so it's like almost like doing like a 360 yeah and artists are sort of doing that like you said with eric church but then you can do like the commercial side like you did like record yeah and you can do like all sorts but then still go back to his old roots where like the diehard fans can go and like delve into like something deeper that maybe the country radio stations won't play because it's not commercial, like you say. So I think it's a really exciting time over the next year, especially. And some of the artists that's out there and especially on the independent scene, because I think they're going to burst through like so easily. I completely agree with you. And I think that probably the nineties were the bread and butter period where they really figured out, okay, there's, there's a mix here. There's a nice balance between kind of a little more of the rocking side and the straight ahead country. If you listen to Brooks and Dunn or Travis Tritt or Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Vince Gill, whoever you want to throw out there, you're going to hear, no matter how cranking they got in some of those songs, you're still going to hear country. And I think that that's kind of like you were saying, it seems like that's kind of where we're going with some of the artists. And I understand that, some just don't have that style and what they do is definitely a lot more to the modern side and a lot more to the kind of country rap side. That's fine. As long as the music is good, then I'm okay with it, even if it's not my cup of tea. My only argument is when we are putting all of our eggs into the basket of bad songs. Mm, and we've yeah. been guilty of that a lot, but you know, if we're being honest with ourselves, look at every era of country music. There's always been good songs and bad songs but the good songs always rise to the top and we don't really remember the bad songs. So it's, it's not like we're in a unique situation these days where we have a lot of bad songs, but there for a little bit, it seemed like there was just, uh, and maybe I don't have any right to say that they're bad because they're just not my cup of tea always, but man, there for a while, it, uh, it really strayed away to where I couldn't hear any country influence at all. And I couldn't hear any elements of country music. And it's, it's not so much musical. I, I'm not going to sit here and say that everything has to have a fiddle or a steel guitar. I would prefer for it to, yeah, but yeah. I understand that that's, that's not going to be the case everywhere. And I also have to understand that when I get on stage, I've got a guitar and a vocal. 
I don't have a fiddle. I don't have a steel guitar. I don't have a banjo. I don't have any of that. So who am I to argue that it's about what instruments are? But my argument is country music is very plain, heartfelt music about things that we go through every day in life. And it's a music that helps to make you feel like you're not alone, regardless of what the situation is. And Marty Stewart put it best. Drinking, dying, divorce, jail. Last time I picked up a newspaper, those were all still relevant subjects. So no matter how much we might want to argue about how the songs are produced or you know, what instruments are on them, whether it's a fiddle or a hip hop drum loop or whatever. I just want to hear good songs that mean something and are about something. And not everything's got to be some deep, heartfelt, meaningful thing. I love good beer drinking songs, but it's, it's got to tell me something I didn't know before. It's got to be a different way of putting it or it's, or it's got to make me, it's got to make me feel something. It's got to put me in some kind of a mood or some kind of a mind frame. If it's just, background music with the same words that were on the six or seven songs that came on the radio before that. And it's not really saying anything different or communicating anything different musically. Why did we bother doing it? That's, that's yeah, well, we, we say that like um, country music is just so relatable because in the whole, like everyone's like been through them experiences, whether it be like you say, beer drinking, like a relationship, anything like that. And like, if you listen to a hip hop song, you can't relate to the stuff they're talking about. Cause like they talk about all these fancy cars, the money, like nightclubs, all that stuff. And I feel like, um, even people like little Nas X that's come out and yes, he did put out that country song and he brought a massive big new audience to country music. People that might've never listened to it before. And people like Florida, Georgia line or Nelly, who's starting to come back in. Um, so it's good for that aspect. But like you say, as long as the whole like country in the middle is like wholesome, it doesn't matter what genre that you break off into, as long as it's like true country. Yeah. Right. I, I agree with you completely. But and I think the same thing with hip hop, though, because if you listen to, you know, Run DMC or, you know, Grandmaster Flash or, or anybody like that from the old school hip hop, you're, you're going to hear the same kind of stuff that we're talking about with country music. You're going to hear the, the real life struggles, you know, and there's a lot of comparison. there. The only difference really is just the, the production and the musical style. But yeah. lyrically, it's, it's about real life and it's about what everybody's going through. But uh, you're right. You know, it's, it's kind of taken a turn to where there's more of, you know, what, what you have instead of who you are. And yeah. we've been guilty of that a lot in country music too. I think it's kind of, it's kind of plagued every genre of music to an extent within the last 10 or 15 years, I think, but it uh, seems like we're starting to turn around a little bit, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll bring this up just as an example and people can feel free to disagree with me all day long. That's totally fine. But just kind of as my olive branch to, to prove what I'm talking about and to, to prove that I actually do listen to some modern country. I think one of the best artists we have out there right now, one of the most unique ones is Sam Hunt. Let me clarify. He definitely has a lot of hip hop and pop influence. There is no question about that. But he kind of started that. There wasn't really anybody that took it to that level that he did whenever he came. Not commercial. Now, you did have people like Colt Ford, who who definitely were straight up country rap and 
probably started that to to a lot of degree, or, or really Cowboy Troy, I guess, was technically the first guy to, to do hick hop, and he coined that term. But uh, Sam Hunt, when you listen to his lyrics, I don't care what kind of production he's got on it or, or hip-hop drum loops or whatever, but when you listen to Break Up in a Small Town or you listen to, uh, you know, you're playing hard to forget, and I know he's, he's got the, the Webb Pierce sample in that song, but even without that, there's there, there's a story that's being told to me, and there's there's an emotion that's being conveyed to me, and I can understand what he's feeling and what he's going through in that. And it's telling me something that I didn't know before, and it's telling, telling it to me in a way that hadn't been told to me before. And to me, regardless of whether or not I would have chosen the same production or the same instrumentation had I done that song. That's a country song to me. So I, I think that there's room for it. It's, to me, it's just about how good is the song and, and what's the song telling. That, that's really all it comes down to. With me. Yeah, like I said, I'd love to hear fiddle and steel guitar and everything, but I understand not everybody comes from the same influences that, that we do. So yeah. Yeah, we, we feel the same way about like obviously we love sam hunt but walker hayes if you've ever heard of him um yeah well and of course now that, that applebee's song is just everywhere here yeah it's, it's blown up but even like his first song that he put out like you broke up with me it's not like it's not essentially like what country what you would assume country to be yet what he does talk about in the song is country but it's just something completely different and he's actually just went out on a limb and it paired off because he had been dropped by his record label before that as well. So it was very braver of him to go out and like put songs out like that still. Well, and it's it's odd you bring that up, because that's what I was going to say. A, a buddy of mine, Luke Williams, who's a tremendous guitar player and tremendous artist, uh, he's got a, a new band called Huckleberry Jam that y'all ought to have on here sometime. Uh, I'll, I'll send you some of their stuff. You'd love them. They're great. But uh, he was telling me one day about, because uh, we're talking about Walker Hayes and he was telling me about the first album that Walker Hayes put out on his previous label. And he said, man, there's stuff on there that is just stone cold country. He's a great singer and a great songwriter, which I always thought he was, but I hadn't heard his first record. So Luke sent it to me and I was listening to it going, man, alive. <laughs> how, how did they not figure out how to make that work? Because it was almost kind of like a country Ed Sheeran. And yeah. it just, it amazed me that, that they didn't, for whatever reason, they didn't have the foresight to, to stick it out with them through that. I, I don't know what that was like, but uh, man, he, he definitely is. He's a unique talent too. And he's, he's figured out a way to make it work. And I, I think he's very, very talented. Exciting times for country music. But so going on to like, we'll go on to like your American Idol experience. First off, um, could you just talk us through like the process of like what what it's like to like apply for it? Like how how does it come about? Like how did you get to that moment where you were in front of them three judges? Well, there's there's a couple of different ways that it works. And I, I kind of had the the second way, but the primary way that they do things and the majority of the people that they see are through what they call the open call process. Now, the last couple of years, they've been doing it all online just because of the COVID-19 situation. But before that, and what will probably, I assume, will they'll go back to within the next two or three years once they can kind of figure out how to do it safely. Uh, they'll rent out a particular venue. Here in the States, they usually will rent out whatever the biggest hall or arena is that they could 
put people in. And you just line up first thing in the morning. And wherever you are in that line outside is where you're going to be as they go through and call people's uh, names and numbers that day. I did that one time back in 2014, but I didn't actually audition that day. I'll, I'll give you the short version of that story. I knew that they were coming to town to do the auditions. It was in Little Rock, but I wasn't the least bit prepared or even really that into it because I didn't really know what I was going to do or if it was really the right thing for me to do at the time. And once I got there and started seeing all these people audition who really, you could tell that they wanted to be on American Idol. That was like one of their goals. And that wasn't one of my goals. And, and that's, that's not saying anything bad about American Idol. I could never say anything bad about American Idol, but it just wasn't something that, I had given serious thought at that time, but everybody else in there had given it a lot of serious thought and everybody knew exactly what song they were going to do. They knew how the process worked. They knew what time to line up. They knew how the whole thing worked. I didn't know anything. I just showed up. So I wasn't the least bit prepared and I didn't even know what song I was going to sing. I hadn't given it any thought at all. I thought, well, I'll just think of it while I'm waiting. Well, that, <laughs> that's, you know, that, that was really the, the best thing that I did that day was just deciding that I probably shouldn't do it, but, uh, especially seeing all the great singers that, that went through and, and very obviously had put a lot of thought and a lot of practice into what they were doing. And, and they knew that you were only going to sing like a minute to a minute and a half of a song. Well, I didn't really know that either. Again, I just hadn't paid enough attention and hadn't given it enough thought. So once it got to about the, the four hour mark of waiting, because I was pretty far back in line, because again, I had thought about how to approach this. So I didn't know that you could line up earlier on and get an earlier spot. So, and, and then of course, another thing that I thought was, well, I, I didn't eat breakfast that morning, but it's at the arena. They'll have the concession stands open. I'll get a hot dog or something. Well, no, they didn't have the concession stands open because they just rented out the arena. It wasn't an actual arena event. They just rented the place. So Again, that was me not being prepared and me not looking in advance on the website to see that there wouldn't be any food available. So I would need to bring my own. And uh, hunger and lack of preparation will drive a man to make very clear decisions. <laughs> uh, after about the four hour mark, I thought, you know what? The Whatever they would get from me today would not be the best that I have to offer. I, I kind of bungled this whole thing. You know, I didn't, didn't put any thought into it or any time into it. Didn't decide until the morning of that I was going to go down and do that. So this, this just ain't right for me. And so I, I left and didn't end up auditioning. But uh, as time went on, I, I just kind of forgot about it and didn't think about doing anything like that again. Of course, you know, whenever I'd play a show, people would be nice enough to come up afterwards and tell me that they enjoyed what I did. But the one thing people always say is, oh, you should go on American Idol. You should go on The Voice. You should go on you know, any one of these shows. And it's always a nice thought. And whenever people think enough of what you do to, to tell you that, it's, it's very nice and very complimentary. And I appreciate it. But I've always seen the people who go on those shows, and I just didn't feel like I fit in with because I know who I am and, and what I do and what I want to do. And I just didn't know how I would fit with that whole thing. Because, for instance, on American Idol, 
there are a lot of times where they have different themes for the week, like, you know, Disney songs or 80s songs or, you know, it's Rod Stewart week or whatever the case may be. Now, Rod Stewart week I could do, but <laughs> some of Wait, some could of you not do Disney? Uh, now, well I, well, I could, you know, I thought about that, too. I thought there was actually, do you remember a Disney movie called The Country Bears? Uh, yes. Uh, I'm and, a big Disney fan, so. <laughs> and that the movie didn't do so well, but that soundtrack was incredible. So I, I thought That's about that on Disney Week, and I thought I probably would have done one of the John Hyatt songs from the Country oh. Bears soundtrack. You would actually like it, you know. Not the film. It's no, uh, no offense to the film, but the music is actually. And I, I had to get the uh, the soundtrack on, I think, either eBay or Amazon. I mean, it's just, it's not on iTunes or anything. You just, you've got to go find it. There are a few wow. people who have put songs from it on YouTube, so you might be able to find all of them on there. But yeah, if you want a copy of it, you pretty much got to go find one. And I, I'm I'm a collector, so I I wanted the, the real thing, the physical copy. But, I'm like that uh, with DVDs. Um, right. But uh, going back to the American Idol thing, you know, I just didn't didn't ever think that that was something that would be a good fit for me, or that I would really be able to to fit in well with. So I never thought about it again. And then a couple of years ago, oddly enough, while we were working on all this uh, Ken Burns country music stuff, we had a meeting with uh, a lot of people who were involved in country music in Arkansas, whether they were radio DJs or musicians or journalists or what have you, and. In the middle of that meeting, Nathan Honeycutt, who's the president of the Arkansas Country Music Awards, said, oh, by the way, before I forget, if anybody knows someone between the ages of 16 and 28 who might be interested in auditioning for American Idol, the producers have asked me to submit some names to them. I work with them and have for a little while. So if anybody would want to audition for the producers, let me know. And at that point, like clockwork, everybody just turned and looked at me. And I, I just kind of, you know, waved and went, oh, well, thank you. But I didn't really give it any thought. And then Nathan came up again before the end of the day, and he said, hey, could I submit your name? Would that be all right with you? And my boss and one of my coworkers cornered me in the hallway and said, you're going to do this. There's no reason not to. All, all you have to do is submit a couple of videos to them, so it's not like it's going to take much time or effort to do. There's no reason not to do it. If something happens from it, great, and if nothing happens from it, Oh, well, you need to try this. So with that, I decided, okay, uh, I'll do it. So I submitted uh, three cover song videos to them. And a couple of weeks went by and I hadn't heard anything. And again, I just forgot about it. And uh, I got an email one day from Nathan and he said, hey, what's a good phone number for you? Because Peter Cohen from American Idol wants to give you a call. And even at that point, I didn't think that they were going to call and ask me to do the show. I just thought that it was going to be a courtesy call of, Hey, thanks so much for sending in your stuff. We'll keep your name on file, but you know, we're, we're going to have to pass right now. Uh, so I just, I gave him my phone number and I was playing at a friend of mine's mother-in-law's birthday party one night and just having a great time. And we were all visiting because this is the first time we'd seen each other in a long time. My phone rang and it was a California number. Well, I, I get fake phone calls all the time. You know, the, the spam calls, uh, and they're from all kinds of different area codes because they can clone a phone number and, and oh, take yeah. that. So when I saw a California number, I just didn't think anything about it. Then after I got done playing and I got back in the car, I looked at that number again and I went, wait a minute. It's the, they're in California. So I might ought to 
look this number up. And so I looked it up just to make sure that it was not a number that was registered as having any kind of spam calls or anything attached to it. And oddly enough, his name came up being attached to the phone number. So I knew it was him and I gave him a call back. He was very complimentary and he did something that really helped me pull the trigger on deciding to do the show. Not only did he watch all three of the videos that I had sent, but he went and watched every video that I had on YouTube and on my website. He read my bio. He went and checked out all of my social media pages. And at the time I had my first album out, he went and listened to that whole album. He didn't have to do any of that. But the fact that he took the time to really, excuse me, get an idea of who I am as an artist and as a person, and the fact that he really understood what I was doing, that meant a lot to me. And, and that made me see that, okay, it, they do think that there's a place for me here. And he explained it to me of, look, what you do is kind of different, but we're always looking for something different because you never know when that's going to work. Yeah. So sure, you, you may not sound like everybody else and you may not play the same genre as everybody else, but it could work. And, and here's why. So uh, that really pulled the trigger for me to, to go ahead and do it. He invited me to a private audition for the producers, which tails back into the, the open call thing I was talking about earlier. In some cities, they'll have the open call auditions on one day, and then the next day they'll have private auditions at another venue where it's just the producers. That's you, you go straight through to them. You don't have to go through any of the other rounds that you would at the open call. You just go straight to the producers, and they invite a select group of people that they wanted to see in that city. Well, the one that he uh, – well, he, he brought up several to me, but the one that was closest to me and made the most sense was Nashville. So when I get there, walk in that room, it's very much a Nashville vibe because everybody in there knows somebody. Well, I'm small-town Arkansas kid. I don't know anybody. So I, I immediately didn't think anything was going to come of it. I, I didn't think I was going to get through to another round. and I thought, well – if nothing else, I've got some extra business cards in my pocket. So I'll pass out some business cards and, you know, maybe at some point, if there's something that they are looking for somebody like me for, yeah. they'll give me a call. Who knows? No. And that was really all I thought would happen with it. So when they called my name, I went in there and, and the first song that I played was Midnight Train to Memphis by Chris Staple. And when I finished it, they said, oh, it sounded great. Did Chris write that song? I said, yeah, he wrote that one. They said, ah you need to pick something else. Cause right now he's got a, got us on his no list. We can't use his songs right now. So, and I think he reversed that later, but at the time uh, he had a, a policy where they couldn't use his songs. So I had to think of another song and I ended up playing. I'm going to be somebody by Travis Tritt, which is a song that's always meant a lot to me for a lot of reasons, and especially now more than ever. And uh, after playing that, they kind of started looking at each other and nodding. Well, when they're doing that, I've got no idea what they're nodding about because they've got you know, their iPads and their computers in front of them. So I know that they can pass notes back and forth to each other on there. So I don't know what they're thinking. I just know they're thinking something. So obviously they've made a decision regardless of what it is. And that decision was they wanted me to actually go on the show and audition for Luke, Katie, and Lionel. And the, the stupid thing on my part was, whenever they asked if I could do it, it was going to be a week and a half later. And because of how busy everything was at work and how crazy it was at the time. And I was just about to launch the podcast. I almost got out my phone to look and see if I could actually do those dates that they brought up. 
And then I, I just took my hand back out of my pocket and I thought, you idiot, just say yes, work everything else out later. <laughs> don't, don't say, well, I'm kind of busy on this day. Can we do the next? <laughs> no, just, just say yes, work everything else out later. And, and boy, I'm glad I did because there, there wasn't anything like that that would have been worth pushing that opportunity to the side for. That was a great that, that was really incredible. So that, that, that was, that was the process for me was just submitting a couple of videos and getting that phone call, doing the producer audition. And then it was straight to Savannah, Georgia to, to actually film for the show. And that's what y'all saw on TV. Yeah. Did you get, did you get to meet any of the judges like, uh, like uh, afterwards or. No. uh, And that's one thing is the way that you see it on TV is the way that it goes. So for instance, Lauren Massetti went in right before me and, uh, me and uh, Lauren and Sean and my parents, we'd been hanging out all day. Of course, Sean's from Arkansas, so you know, we, we kind of knew each other. Uh, you know, so we, we'd been hanging out. They, they called us both at the same time, and Lauren, uh, Lauren went first, and then I went after her, which is the way that they showed it on the show, too. Uh, I didn't know that they were going to show us back-to-back, but it made sense because you know I, I referenced Sean during my audition. But, uh, after Lauren came out, uh, well, I, I got to back up a second first. Sorry. While she was in uh, the room doing her audition, they did my interview with Ryan uh, outside the audition room. Then oh. once she came out and, and had her golden ticket, and and they got her uh, over, I think outside to do uh, the the post audition interview. Then they went ahead and brought me. And during that time, they interviewed. Uh, I think it was actually it, I think it was Lana Miller that went after me. She's a great singer, great songwriter, too. Uh, they only showed a short clip of her audition, but uh, she's great. Y'all ought to look her up. Uh, while I was in there, they interviewed her. And then you know, the, the time that I was in the room, there may have been 20 or 30 seconds that was left out, but it wasn't anything that was necessary. You know, It was just kind of more of the same of what we were talking about. Uh, they actually put, put a blooper reel together not long after the season ended and one of the clips was uh, Katie asking, so are there really chicken that live in the sea, which is, it's a star kissed uh, tuna reference, but that was actually a, a question she asked whenever I was in there. Cause it was kind of, you know, even though she's from Memphis, uh, she was kind of having a little bit of, of, of trouble with the, with the accent and with some of the terminology, but of course, Lionel and Luke, you know, Lionel's from Alabama, Luke's from Georgia. And I think that they've, kind of lived around their their whole lives or, or most so they they were they were pretty hip to it but i think katie had been gone just long enough that she didn't quite remember all the lingo but uh yeah that that was that was really it so i, I walked in the room talked to them for a little bit played the song and uh, and after that they they gave their feedback and i walked out of the room and that, and that was really it was about a about a six seven minute uh, process. So the way that you see it on TV is uh, pretty much the way that it goes in, in real life whenever you're taping it there. So wow. That was my interaction with the judges is just right there in the room. Oh, that's really cool. I like that. Um, so how would you say your life changed after doing American Idol? Completely. It, it allowed me the opportunity. Well, I'll, I'll put it this way it allowed me the chance to see that there was an opportunity that I hadn't seen before. I had always played music kind of more as a hobby, but I'd never really done it for a living or tried to do it for a living because I just didn't think that I could. 
uh, I thought, well, you know, what am I going to, am I going to quit my job and go do this when there's no guarantee of it? But yeah, when I thought about it, I'm like, okay. So, and it was really after talking to my buddy Sharp Dunaway, who uh, of course he's, he's the drummer in Try Quiet, my favorite drummer on the planet and my best friend since I was 11 years old. And we were talking about it one day because he's got a videography company. And he said, you know, I was in radio for 20 years and I would always get fired for no reason. And I finally decided that I'm going to work for myself where I know I won't get fired. And if I do, it'll be my fault. (laughs) (laughs) So I kind of realized, you know, this is regardless of what else I may be able to do and what other things I may be kind of sort of skilled at. Nothing is as easy for me to do with the least amount of effort or as natural for me to do as picking up a guitar, writing a song, or going on stage and performing for people. It's it's just what I'm wired to do. And so after American Idol, it really opened a lot of doors for me to go ahead and just make that transition to being a full-time musician. And it's been tremendous. Of course, my episode aired March 1st, 2020. One week later, almost to the day. Or no, it, it may have been a it may have been a week and a couple of days now that I think about it, because I think it was a Tuesday that this happened. But in the middle of the day during all the daytime TV programs, uh, you know, I was doing emails and phone calls because I was still getting a lot of offers coming in for some things. And then all of a sudden they broke in with breaking news from the White House and they announced that they're gonna have to start doing shutdowns for COVID nineteen. And that's when everything just started turning upside down and nobody knew what was gonna happen then. And Music was the furthest thing from anybody's mind at that point because none of us knew what was going on. So at that point, I thought, man, this is kind of my luck. Here, I've I've finally decided I'm going full-time as a musician, and it lasted nine days. (laughs) But but it was a great nine days. Uh, But really, that was uh, probably one of the best times for me whenever that happened because I was able to slow things down and really continue to hone the craft that I had had originally. So it wasn't anything where I was allowing myself to kind of bend to what anybody else would want me to do or anything like that. I went straight to doing online shows once or twice a week and did really well with those and made a lot of great friends that I still talk to all the time. I'm hoping I will be able to have time before the end of the year to do some more Facebook live shows because I've really missed doing that. Uh, Of course, I'm also trying to work on some new music and hopefully get some of that out next year, but, uh, it's, it's just been great. You know, even with all the COVID-19 stuff, I was still able to get by, you know, it wasn't, wasn't great. You know, nothing, nothing was for anybody during all of that. And I wish that it hadn't been under those circumstances. I wish that we wouldn't have had any kind of pandemic like that, but, uh, you know, always looking for the silver lining and something that was it for me was, uh, still being able to, to develop and having extra time to write even more songs. And I got the country fried record out of it, which came together very quickly. And, uh, I'm, I'm still really proud of that record. I know it's a little different being a mostly solo acoustic record, but I'm extremely proud of it. And unlike a lot of things that I do, I'll actually still listen to that record every once in a while. Cause normally I don't like listening to myself, but I'm just really proud of that one. And it's uh, something that I can really hold dear to, to my heart. But uh, once things started opening back up around July or August of of last year, the booking started to come in a little bit more, but it was kind of slow because in the meantime, when everything was shut down, 
The one thing I didn't think to do was still keep myself on everybody's books. And so what happened was whenever things reopened, all of the bars and clubs and theaters just went back to whoever was on their schedule that day. So, okay, we're going to be able to open up tomorrow. Who did we already have booked for tomorrow? So they didn't just, it's not like they just shifted everything. They just picked up from where their calendar was that day. And so since I wasn't already on people's calendars, I had to start booking shows then. Uh, So that was probably my biggest mistake. But by November, December, I was already back to being pretty busy and doing like one or two shows a week. I mean, this year has been incredible. I I just, I can't believe it. I've been doing shows uh, anywhere from two to four shows a week. Um, And I've had maybe three weeks where I didn't have any shows booked, but one of those weeks was on purpose. And the other two, I was just kind of glad to have, because it gave me a chance to go on a little vacation and write some more songs, but it's, it's just been incredible. I'm just extremely grateful. It really has changed my life to where I'm actually a professional musician now. And I know that can end at any point, but even if it never went any further than this, I got everything I could have wanted and way more than I could have deserved. So it's, it's just been tremendous. Oh, that's awesome. Well, going through uh, some of uh, your songs. So I know this would happen where it all began and down the river. Can you just talk a little bit about like what the meaning of these songs are? Absolutely. So, uh, is, uh, so you had, I knew this would happen first, right? Yeah. So that song, uh, really, and, and I don't want to take all the romance out of it, but that song was one of the fastest songs I've ever written. It, it just poured out of me and you'll get those every once in a while. I wish I had them a lot more often, but it just doesn't always work out that way. But I came home from work one day and just sat down. I picked up one. Of, I had a little Yamaha guitar. I picked that up and had it tuned down to drop D and just started strumming these chords. And I played a couple of little licks that I thought, oh, hey, that sounds pretty cool. I ended up sitting down in front of my computer and just started getting this idea for this breakup song. And the story came out just about as, as, as fast as I could type it, you know. And uh, I, I knew that there had been a lot of songs about going through a breakup. It was something very common in country music, but I wanted to write a song about the very moment that it happened. So it's, it's kind of the, the, the pressure is building up in the first verse. Here we sit all alone without a single word to say. There was a time where that's how we want to be, slow dancing while the music played. So it's kind of tense. They're sitting in the car. You know, they're, they're kind of, you know, they're, they're too quiet. So he knows that something's going on. He knows that there's something ain't quite right here but he doesn't know for sure what it is just yet. He thinks he does. I saw that look there in your eyes, uh, like there's something on your mind. Well, darling, won't you tell me what could it be? Words must be too hard to find. Well, that's when she goes ahead and says, well, it's, it's done. Oh. So that it's, I've tried to get into that exact moment we're in, you know, and the, the emotions that just come over you in that instant, uh, instead of it being so much, uh, a song where you have time to reflect. It's just that exact moment of all those questions you ask of, you know, was it worth the wait? Did you ever even hesitate? How long had you made up your mind? Uh, how will I go on after this? You know, st- those kind of questions that if we're all honest with ourselves, when we're in a situation like that, all of that stuff goes through our minds, oh, regardless yeah. of how long it stays there. We all think that because it's, 
and even in situations where maybe when you knew it wasn't going to work out, it, it seems like it would help a little bit, but it still doesn't keep that sting from coming to you. So uh, that, that was really where that song came from, but it took about 10 or 15 minutes to write it. If I could write one like that every day for the rest of my life, I would without question. I was oh, really incredible. blessed with that. Uh, Marty Stewart was uh, quoting Hank Williams once. He said, somebody asked Hank, how do you write all those songs? And Hank said, Hoss, I don't write them. I just hold on to the pen and God writes them. And sometimes that just happens. And I, I, I know I will never write a song that's on the level of anything that Hank Williams wrote, but I've, I've got to say, I don't know how much credit I can take for I knew this would happen because the way it just poured out, I think it was just kind of meant to happen on that day. Oh, that's awesome. That, that definitely, that was the song that changed everything for me. I wish I could write a hundred more like it. <laughs> so, so do we. <laughs> <laughs> be, I'll work awesome. on that. I'll do the best I can. <laughs> be awesome. You can write a song about us, you know. <laughs> no. uh, yeah. Well, but it'd have to be a happy song, though. Oh, of course. Yeah. I, I, well, I, American I'd like born to think and, so. No, no. Uh, so I, I got I to change it. UK born and country fight. Ooh. I like it. Yeah. It's got a, got a ring to it. It's already in the process. I can find yeah. her with the best of them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so uh, what about uh, where it all began where it all began was uh, that 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 one is a little more self-explanatory than i knew this would happen uh that song came from and there's a couple of references to a bar that uh, i go to quite a bit here in conway and and a place i've played a lot tc's midtown grill and it's kind of the hangout for our circle of friends and there's a couple of references to that bar in that song uh with the, the first verse, I never was a drinker or a lover or a fighter until I picked up my very, very first guitar. But that straight edge boy became a man the night I first took that waitress to that black couch in the green room of the bar. Well, the black couch in the green room of the bar was TC. Now, that's that wasn't my story. I stole that story. <laughs> I, I have to clarify, a lot of people had that story. <laughs> so... Uh, but I, I I won't I won't name any names in case they don't want me to. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> and they may not mind. I have I have before, but I don't want to I don't want to push it too much. <laughs> and, the, and like I said, there's a lot of people who have similar stories to that. But I, I just thought that that would be an interesting song to write because it it kind of speaks to quite literally where I came from and where it all began for me starting out and and some of the places that I played. You know, and, and there are a lot of places that used to do live music that just kind of turned into a sports bar where they took the stage out and they replaced everything with flat screen TVs as far as the eye could see. You know, they've got four different games going on any particular night and it's kind of hard to be heard through all of that. And so a lot of the places just stopped doing music at all. So, uh, it was, it was a little bit of that. And, uh, also kind of reminiscing about some of those early days where I didn't have a clue what I was doing, but I had to act like I knew I did. And that's, that's still, for me, that's the key. I, I quote Joe Walsh all the time on this. He said, if you just act like you know what you're doing, everybody thinks you do. So that, that was really where it all began was that journey from not so much innocence to experience, but from innocence to acting like I was experienced. That, that was really the, the key there. So that's what I, I, I do. will never know what I'm doing, but I'll always get a little better at acting like I know what I'm yeah. doing. No, that, that, that's it. Just pretend. Like that's what. That's exactly how I get through life. I just if you act confident enough, people will just go, "Oh, he knows what he's doing." 
I like That's it. Right. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I know what I'm doing. That's right. But, uh, no, and this is the one I'm excited about because uh, I've already sort of like known a little backstory behind this one, but <laughs> down the river. Yeah, down to the river was uh, it, it kind of I had started writing that song about eight or nine years ago, cool. and I just never could figure out how to present that song. I, I knew I wanted it to be a mostly a cappella tune but I didn't really know how I was going to fit it into anything else that I was doing. And at the time too, I had written it before I got baptized. So the, you know, in country fried, I was baptized in Nola Creek. Well, that happened <laughs> probably 2017, 18, somewhere in there. So it wasn't that long ago that that happened. And, uh, once once I did get baptized, it gave me a little more perspective where I could go back and change a few lines in that song down to the river and actually make it a much more personal thing. And I, and I understood what I was talking about at that point. There have been songs I've written where when I wrote them, I wasn't entirely sure what I was talking about. I just, for whatever reason, I had thought about these concepts. But as I get older... I can actually start going, okay, that's what that song's about. Like, Find Your Heart from my first record. I didn't know what that song was truly about when I first wrote it, but for some reason it, it, it came to me. But as time has gone on, I know exactly what that song's about, and I can sing it with more conviction with each day that goes by. But Down to the River is another song that's just like that. You know, it was really, it, it's even, even speaking not just from a religious standpoint, but just from a personal standpoint, that moment where you go, okay, I have, I've, I've been a screw up the majority of my life. There's a lot of things I regret, a lot of things I wish I could take back, but I acknowledge that I wouldn't be here without making those mistakes. And I acknowledge that I, I wouldn't be the person I am today without being the person that I was then. Even though those two people aren't the same now, I had to go through that to get to this. And so it's the journey kind of, not ending, but but turning that page. Because it comes after songs like The Likes of Me, which is, of course, a no-holds-barred drinking song. And I still write plenty of those. I'm not saying I'm done with that by any means. I don't know that I'll ever be done with that. But it really, it's it's kind of the, uh, it's the next step of the journey in life where, where you say, okay, I've been through all of this. And, of course, it's after I knew this would happen, too. So it's after all of this heartbreak and, and loss and and all these different emotions and then you kind of have that moment of clarity where you kind of make that jump and you say okay this is it this is who i am now i've i've been through a lot but i know who i am and i know what i'm about so uh, that's that's where that song came from but of course you know, again it was a lot of a personal experience too with the like with, with my baptism and, and looking back and knowing that there were a lot of things that i wish i could do differently but Truthfully, knowing what I know now, if I could go back and change it, I don't know that I would because I just made the same mistake a little later on. It's, I, I'm glad that I got it over with. You know? So that's that's really where that song came from. It was uh, really a, a way to embrace my flaws and, and embrace it in a way to where I can acknowledge it and, and know that as much of a fight as it's going to be to be the kind of person I want to be, it's worth fighting for. And it comes out of a song called My Cross to Bear, which is uh, it's one of the most personal songs I've written. 
and that's one of the reasons I put it on the record because there's some some songs that you do that are for everybody else, but then every once in a while you do one that's just for you. And that that song was kind of that way, but uh, it, it's they kind of pair together really well. Uh, they're kind of about the same thing, but it's it goes from my cross to bear where you're really feeling guilty about all this and you're harboring all this shame, this guilt, and these negative feelings, and then it all washes away with down to the river, and you really start to see things for what they are. So. That's uh, that's probably the best way I can explain that. I know that's perfect. That's great, yeah. Um, but because like me and Alex has listened to like both your albums, and we just think like you one of like the best not singers but like songwriters as well. Like it's such a gift Thank to have like both. And I knew this would happen as like one like one up there with one of my favorite songs. And I was saying to Alex like it just needs to be up there in the charts. Like, could you just like? Is there? Is, do you have a certain secret, or is there a certain process, or anything that you could tell us? Like, when you come to write a song, is there a certain way that you would do it, or do you have any tips or anything for anyone out there who's trying to write music? Well, uh, the the things that really, first of all, I just I've gotten to the point where I know that I have to pay attention to every single thing that goes on around me during the day. Because anything and everything could be a song. And sometimes, you know, whenever I see something interesting or hear something interesting and I write it down, sometimes it's a title. It becomes a title. And sometimes it just becomes one of the kind of anchor lines of a song. But uh, that's the big thing is just paying attention to everything and never, never second guessing that something might be a song. Even if it's not a great song, or even if it's not a complete song right now, and if, if you got to put it on the back burner for a while and come back and work on it later, there's no shame in that. If it turns into a good song, it was worth doing. And if nothing else, just to still get that experience every day of writing something and, and working that muscle. But uh, for me, the the tip that I always give people whenever they ask about songwriting advice is uh, figure out, and, and this works for me, It's there's no, there's not a one-size-fits-all. It's kind of a strange thing. I know there are a lot of people who teach songwriting, and I've always been curious as to how they would teach it and, and what exactly they teach, because I, I'm always kind of second-guessing if I'm giving the right advice or not when people ask for it. But what works for me is uh, I figure out what I want to write about first. What exactly do I want to say? So not just in the song itself, but each verse. What do I want to say? You know, I don't I don't just want a bunch of lines that rhyme that kind of hang on this theme. If it's a storyline, I want to move the story along. So something's got to happen during this verse. It can't just be, you know, the, the first verse could maybe have a little more descriptive elements to where it kind of describes who we've got in the song and what the situation is. But we can't just keep hanging on that. It's got to come out of first gear. Something's got to happen at some point. So what do I want to say here? What needs to happen in this story? And once I figure out exactly what I want to say, then I figure out how to make it rhyme. And there's a website I use a lot called rhymezone.com. And it's it's a great site because you can look for, you know, synonyms for certain words. You can look for words that uh, rhyme with, you know, if you want to, if one of your lines is car, you're trying to think, what's a word I could use to rhyme with car that would relate to this story? You can just search for car and it brings up an entire page of, of words that rhyme. And it also has words that kind of rhyme, which is great because it, yeah. it allows for you to uh, kind of take some poetic license and take advantage of, of your accent. And you can kind of do some work around with that. Uh, 
of course, if you do too much of that, then it might start to annoy people. But hopefully, I haven't done too much yet. <laughs> that's that's kind of where I where I go with it. And, and the other thing is, although I, I love writing about things that I know about and things that have happened to me, and and uh, pretty much things that I know are true to me and things I've gone through, but I, I never want to turn down the chance to write something that's going to be for somebody else. So like with, I knew this would happen that situation, although it's happened to all of us in, in some way, shape or form, I haven't quite had it that bad before, but I know a lot of people have, and I know I will, you know, and it'll probably happen two or three dozen times. So I, I don't want to ignore something or, or negate something just because it's not something that, I know all about because somebody else might know all about it and they just might need a song that tells them, Hey, somebody else knows what you're going through or they understand the concept of it at least. Uh, so that that's, that, that's another thing with it is you can never, if you're really wanting to write songs and, and get serious about it, you can never turn down the chance to write one. So whatever comes to your mind, just try to make it work. Uh, the other thing that I'll tell people whenever they ask for advice is whatever is true to you, and who you are and what you want to do, that's correct. So don't let anybody look at a song you wrote and say, well, this isn't good. You need to change this, 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 and this. If it's constructed from a standpoint of, well, you know, if the rhyming scheme is odd in a certain place, if it's a little different and it's thrown off the, the timing, or if, uh, or if your rhyme is kind of weak, criticism like that is fine. But from the standpoint of, well, no, you have to, if you want to get serious about this, you have to do this and you have to do this because this is what works. No, I, I've never believed in that. And to me, if you're doing what you want to do the way that you want to do it and you're proud of it and you can stand by it and you've said what you wanted to say in that song, exactly how you wanted to say it, then that's the song. Don't second guess. It. So uh, that's, that's probably the, the best advice I could give. Now there's always the, the question of, what comes first, the words or the music? And it's kind of a chicken or the egg question. And to me, it just depends on the song. Sometimes the words come first, uh, and sometimes it comes together, words and the, and the music together. I rarely have music first, and I don't know why that is. Um, I do have, I've, I've had some songs where it did start with music, but it took quite a while for me to get the right words that matched it. I, I've hardly ever write a song where I base the lyrics off the of music. If I've had music that I've written before, I'll go back and get it. Once I have, you know, a set of lyrics that I've written, I go, Oh, well, this would match this chord progression that I wrote. Uh, but there've been a lot of times where it comes out together. I knew this would happen in one of those cases where the music and the words kind of poured out pretty close to the same time. And like I said, I had played a couple of little riffs that are in that song before I started writing the words. And that's what dinged the bell that I had a song to write. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, pretty much any way that works for you is the right way. That's what I stand by. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's great that, advice. That like links in perfectly to what we were talking about earlier on about like keeping a country like as an element, but then like yeah, putting your own little touches on it, and like you say, don't let anyone like sort of take away from like if you're writing a verse and you think it's good, and someone like as long as it's constructive and stuff like that, then just keep it to who you are. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so with uh, your career up to now, is there anything that you feel that you could have done differently to get where you are? Or do you feel this is it? This is 
how I'm going to carry on? That's a great question. Thank you. <laughs> uh, man, you know, I, not not to be corny, but I, I think it's like I was saying before with with down to the river. I've made a lot of mistakes. There's a lot of things that I regret, but I know if I hadn't done those things in the past, I'd do them in the future. Yeah. So I, it would be hard for me to imagine doing things differently than I've done them. Um, I, I've had people who have said, well, oh, maybe you should have chosen a different song for American Idol. Well, I don't, I don't think it would have worked had I chosen a different song because first of all, they took the songwriter angle more with me, the kind of the singer songwriter angle, which is who I am. So it, it worked out and they understood who I was and where I was coming from. So if I would have played a cover song, okay, maybe it would have sounded all right. And, and maybe I would have gotten that golden ticket to go to Hollywood, but maybe I wouldn't have. And even if I did, doesn't mean that they would show me on TV. Doesn't mean that anybody would ever know anything about it. You've got to figure out what your strengths and your weaknesses are and really know what sets you apart. And a lot of times to me, what sets you apart is you. And that may sound really simple and it may sound like a non-answer, but it's not. You've got to figure out just like what makes you individual as a person. That's what makes you individual as an artist too. Nobody's going to have your exact point of view, but you've got to figure out why your point of view is different from somebody else's. You've got to see where the gaps are. You've got to see where those uh, where those differences are. And uh, take, it takes a lot of self-awareness uh, and, and really looking back on who you are, where you come from. But, man, I just I, I just can't see going forward any other way than, than how I've been going. And like I said, been blessed i've been doing this full time for the last year and i've been busy all the time there's been stuff i've had to turn down because i just i couldn't fit it in and uh it's it's a great position to be in and the fact that there are still people who are looking forward to new music from me and looking forward to coming and see me or or they want to book me to come play at their venue or their event man like i said if you told me a year and a half ago that that was going to happen i wouldn't have believed you i mean we're approaching well, let me look. What's today? The 28th? 28th, yeah. yeah. We, within two days, are going to be approaching the two-year anniversary of me actually filming my American Idol stuff. Wow. So here we are two years after the fact of when I filmed it. Now, of course, it's it, it aired in March 2020, but we filmed it in September 2019. Yeah. But the fact that all of this has happened since then, and it has just raced by just like that. And I, I, I didn't go to Hollywood. I was on the show one time. I can't explain this. <laughs> I don't know. It, it didn't make any sense to me. After, after we filmed the audition, I was thrilled with how it went. But I didn't even think they were going to show it on TV. I didn't think anything was going to come of it. I didn't think that I was going to be able to build a career off of it, but it it just struck the right chord with people. And there were people that like that kind of music the same way that I like it. And uh, the fact that it's still going, I mean, that, that audition video got over 15 million views on Facebook and well over, I think 
one or two million on YouTube, which, you know, even for, for a lot of people that go pretty far in the competition, they don't always rack up numbers like that. And I, I can't sit here and, and act like that was some good deed on my part. Cause I, like I said, I didn't expect that to happen. Uh, I didn't know this would happen. <laughs> that's, that's the new song. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's that's what I said after all of that. Uh, I was telling some of my friends, I said, you know, I, I'm going to do the sequel to that song. It's going to be called, you know, I really didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great that's title, though. <laughs> Stuff yeah, like it really, really two two years after the fact uh, to, to still be able to do this for a living and to still have people that are interested in it. Uh, I, I couldn't see it going any other way. I, I think that uh, it went exactly the way it was supposed to, and I'm very blessed. Uh, I will never say never as far as cause I've had people ask me, are you going to go back on American Idol or are you going to go on The Voice or anything like this? If it ever seems like the right thing to do at the right time, then yeah, I probably would. But right now, I love doing what I'm doing, man. I'm getting to make a living playing music my way, doing what I love. It could all end tomorrow, but I got to do it. Yeah. So I, I, I don't have any complaints. I, I think that this is the path I'm supposed to be on. Awesome. Yeah. Well, everything in life, I believe, happens for a reason. So you going on like American Idol and having the success you did. And like you say, like, I, you have to take like full, like, like rights and like a big pat on the back because like not only was it like an original song that was great and great like vocals and performance. But it was like your larger than life personality. Like I remember watching it and just smiling, like because I was like, "This guy just seems so genuine. I want him to do so well. Like he's awesome." And then, like that's propelled your career as well. So, like that's fired you forward. So, just by going on that American Idol, well, even before that, when the guy asked for your phone number and like, oh, "Do you mind if I put your name forward and whatnot?" Like everything, like leading up to that, was meant to happen for you to then like <coughs> pursue your career. In music and your passion yeah yeah i agree you know it's kind of like uh, i've been do i had been doing this for 10 years by the time that the american idol offer came and the fact that i was even thinking about turning that down it reminds me of that joke about the, the guy who was stuck in his house and it was flooding and the, and the water was starting to come up into his house and so he just he prayed to god he said god if you'll just get me out of this please just just get me out of this i promise i'll do good and so then he he gets up on, he gets up onto the roof of his house when the water's starting to come up towards the roof. And so he goes, Oh, oh God, please. Again, <laughs> about that time, all of a sudden here comes a, here comes a, a boat come by. This guy says, Hey, hop in, we'll get you out of here. And he goes, Oh no, God's, God's going to get me out of this. And he goes, okay. So he prays again, God, God, please get me out of this. And then here comes another boat and it's, it's a, it's a rescue boat. And they say, Hey, we're picking up people as we go along here. Just, just hop in. We'll, we'll get you. Just jump on down. No, no, God's going to get me out of this. So then all of a sudden, about an hour later, the water is coming up and it's just about to his chin. He goes, Oh God, please, please get me out of this. And about that time, a helicopter comes down and the rope extends down. They say, here, give us your hand, grab onto the rope. We'll, we'll, we'll pull you up. Oh no, God's going to get me out of this. Well, then the water gets up over his face and he's having to kind of, he's struggling and he can't. And he goes, God, I thought you were going to get me out of this. And God looks down, looks down and goes, I sent you two boats and a helicopter. What more do you want? <laughs> oh, that's quality, though. 
So that's there's there's my bad joke for the day. But that's all, all that to say. If I would have turned down the American Idol thing, that would have been my my that may have been my helicopter because I probably had turned down a couple boats before that. But yeah, I, I just. Uh, I can't imagine turning that thing down. It was it was great, and it was the way it was supposed to go. I will say that I was prepared in case it did air, and this is the one thing I'll say to anybody who's considering auditioning for any kind of show like that, whether it's you know American Idol or The Voice or Britain's Got Talent or you know any show anywhere. I had somebody reach out to me who's thinking about auditioning for Canada's Got Talent a while back and wanted to know what I thought of that, and you know anything that you want to do and anything that you're going to take seriously and, and consider doing like that, it, it takes a lot of courage and a lot of thought to, to put yourself out there like that because it can go wrong. There's a lot of ways it can go wrong, but there's a lot of ways it can go right if you're prepared for it. So the one thing I'll say to anybody who's considering doing anything like that, if you're lucky enough to actually make it onto the show for any of those things, be prepared. If you do an original song or even if you do a cover, have a good quality recording of it ready to go. So that way, the second that it airs, if it does air, you can put that online immediately and people can go hear what they heard on the show if they like. Have a, a website ready to go. Have your social media pages ready to where you can have new layouts go out to welcome people who have seen you on the show. Kind of have a marketing campaign together. And it's not very hard to do this, and a lot of it's free. So just think about it. And if there's something that you're having trouble with, don't be afraid to reach out to somebody you know that could help you with it. But that's what I did with, with the American Idol thing. I didn't know for sure it was going to air until the week before it did. But I had some brand new acoustic videos ready to go. I had, of course, a, a, an acoustic video for I Knew This Would Happen with me playing the full song. And I was wearing the same outfit I wore on American Idol. I had a new website layout ready to go. I had some new social media posts to welcome people as they, uh, as they saw the show. And it, it went live as soon as, I mean, I had my phone in my hand. As soon as my segment ended, I published these posts. So. Immediately, as people were coming to my page, they saw immediately, hey, I know you're here because of American Idol. Thank you for stopping by. Here's the song that you heard. I hope you like it. So I had all of that ready to go. And of course, I had put out, I knew this would happen as a single in February. And I had that out the day before the season started, because again, I wasn't for sure if I was going to be shown or not, but I wanted to be ready in case I was. But even with that, that's about the most preparation you can do for something like that. I still could never have imagined that it would have been as big as it was. I was ready in case anybody wanted it. So that's that's my biggest thing is if you're going to do it, be prepared. Great say. advice because I would never have thought of that. <laughs> I, yeah, so that's great advice right there. So just one final like question I've got for you is what does the future have in store for you? Like for the rest of 2021, do you have any new music? Like do you have, are you working on the new album like you said before? Any chance of any music videos or tour dates? Uh, well, for 2021, uh, I'm hopeful to have a new song of some sort out before the end of the year. I can't guarantee it because uh, I know a lot of the music distributors have kind of been a little bit behind this year just because of how crazy everything's still been with COVID-19. And it's uh, a lot of places are having trouble finding employees. And so there's been a lot of a lot of pushback on stuff. So. If I can get a new song out before the end of the year, I'm going to. Uh, of course, there will be music videos that accompany uh, anything like that. But uh, yeah, as far as tour dates go, uh, I've got dates lined up. Uh, 
through October and a little bit of November, I think. And normally by this time of year, I would be just about done any other year, but it's still been coming in. And I'm, I'm going to try to have a few more gaps in the calendar as we get to the end of the year, because uh, I want to be able to have more time to just focus on getting this new record done. Yeah. Uh, and whether that's going to be a full album or an EP or what, I don't know yet uh, to tell you the truth. I've got, a group of songs together that seem to fit nicely if I did do a full album, but uh, I know that there's a lot of focus on EPs and singles now, especially with, with the streaming age. So I know that a full album might not be the best way to put it out immediately. So it may end up being a few singles or an EP and then a full album later, but uh, yeah, for sure. I'm working on that uh, tour dates. I've uh, already got a couple nailed down uh, for, for next year. Uh, going to some some different places and returned to a couple places I went this year. Of course, a lot of stuff around Arkansas because uh, it, it just it's the music scene here has been really grown in the past few years, and I'm glad I'm still here to see all of it. I'm glad that I hadn't moved because it's really been a healthy growth here, and there's been a lot of cool stuff going on, a lot of great music coming out of Arkansas. But uh, next year, there's uh, some offers that have come in uh, to do some a little bit of touring around the U S and go to a few different States. And of course there's some things that fell through from this year because of COVID and they might fall through again next year. I, I don't know. It's, it's gotta be a day by day thing because there's still stuff from 2020 that got pushed back to 2021 and now has been pushed back to 2022. And I, I don't know how that's going to go, but uh, uh, the best thing I can tell everybody is just to keep an eye on my website, ryanharmanmusic.com and, Find me on social media at Ryan Harmon Music. That's on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I don't use Twitter very much because my, my posts never do very well on there. But every once in a while, I'll hop on there and post something. And, of course, YouTube, I'm also Ryan Harmon Music. Uh, that's that's the best ways to find me. Um, I'll probably have to break down and do TikTok eventually, as much as it pains me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new this thing, is, isn't it? It, it is. Up. It's madness. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought it reached the point where I had to have a dance song. <laughs> makes me puke in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> but think of those millions of views. Uh. I know, but I don't know if it's worth it or not. Oh, man. Uh, Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 hey, to, to each his own, but uh, whew, boy, I'm afraid that we might be uh, we might be going in the wrong direction if we focus on dance songs. We might be moving away. But, well, and I, I'll uh, no, I'm not going to say what I was about to say. I'll I'll, I'll be a good boy. I won't go too far. <laughs> but, uh, I understand the TikTok thing, thing, but uh, do what? I'm saying you'll have to keep your September free because um, we'll we'll definitely uh, have a word with these people in England. And we have this thing called the British Country Music Festival. They get a few artists across from America. So definitely going to put your name forward for that to come and oh, perform across I'd the UK. And then maybe even do yeah, a couple of shows I, in London afterwards. Yeah. Absolutely. I'd love to. Uh, I usually only book about two to three months in advance. So if, if we, if we did, uh, if we were able to get that going, I could go ahead and block that off, but I would love to do that. So I should be able, if, uh, if there's any way that we can make that happen, I'd sure love to make that happen. Yeah. We'll look into that for you. Yeah. That would be awesome. See if we can use some of the new contacts. Yeah. <laughs> so 
No, that's Absolutely. brilliant. Well, Ryan, I've got one last thing for you, and it's a very quick okay. game. Um, have you ever done a rapid response before? I have. Awesome. So you know exactly how this works. The first answer to just pop into your head, just say it. So I'll give you the I'll give you the two options, and uh, we should be straight back into it. There we go. So two options, one answer. I mean, you can say both if you want to. It's up to you. Okay. Okay. Beer or whiskey? Ooh. Whiskey. I mean, that was just number one. That was. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, uh, well, most nights both, but <laughs> usually if I if I'm going and I I don't I, I don't drink a lot, but if I'm going to sit down and have a drink, usually I, I like having a nice glass of whiskey. Anyway, now I'm 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 not going rapid now. I'm totally killing the point of rapid because I'm getting a big response. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna so shut I up did, and move on. That, in fairness, I that was my fault. I I right. Okay, we're we're going rapid from now. Okay, small hall venue or festival? Small hall. If I'm headlining, festival. If uh, if I'm opening for somebody. Mm. Arkansas or Nashville? I know what that's going to be. Of course. Um, acoustic or electric guitar? Wow. I'm supposed to be a lot more rapid than this. This is hard. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad uh, I've made it hard. Acoustic when I'm solo. But when I when I'm when I'm with the when I'm with the band, I prefer to crank up a Les Paul. There's nothing like it. But yeah, I guess acoustic would probably be my answer. Acoustic, awesome. Uh, Luke Bryan or Travis Tritt? Love you, love you, Luke. But Travis Tritt. I had to put I had to put Luke in there. Um, a dive bar or a nightclub? Dive bar. Cowboy hat or a trucker's hat? Probably a cowboy hat for me. Awesome. A red shirt or a blue shirt? Blue is my favorite color. I did notice on uh, on the show that you had your western blue. It was a good color. I, I've got one of those that's got the red trim, though. I've got yeah, one of those. That, I, that, that, that's exactly why color. I went red, just to see which one you... Um, do you prefer singing or songwriting if you had to choose one? Oh man. Songwriting. Oh. And finally, and this is uh, probably going to be the hardest question of them all. Who do you prefer, Alex or Blaine? Both. <laughs> I'll take that. If everyone says both. I'm glad. If you, if you did that one rapid and you just said one name, that would have been hurtful for oh, someone. No, first, first, first time I ever did it, someone did that. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you know the artist um, Jenny Grace? I don't know that I do. Well, she, she we we interviewed her as one of our first interviews um, we ever did, and uh, I did like this is where the game came from. I decided to do it for every artist after every interview. 
And um, we thought everyone was just going to say both because, you know, that's what you do. Um, she turned around and just went, oh, Blaine, because, uh, like, and then said to me, because she felt like I interrogated her. What? Uh, I was just like, it, it's an interview. Like, wh- what did you expect to happen? You're asking me all these questions. I know. Where do you get the nerve? Uh, I, I wasn't shining the lights down the camera. I was just like, she could have left at any point, by the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it wasn't like she was held against her own will. <laughs> well, obviously she felt she was, but you know, <laughs> just on your record. Well, Brian, thank you. I, I tell you what, can you do me one favor? And I'm so sorry to ask this, but can you do that um, thing that you did on American Idol? The what is it the shoe we? Because that was awesome. Oh, I don't know. What, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, you, you know. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I know. Let's see. Let's get in the mood for it. Look at that preparation. Now, now I'm doing the Andrew Dice play. <laughs> Shoo! Oh, oh, that's even better than on the uh, American Idol. That was actually better than the American Idol one. That was you've the best you've one. been practicing that. That was awesome. <laughs> I tell you what, when when you did that, I was just like, oh my god, that's that's perfect. Yeah, like, it I just sounded it was, so cool. I think it was Luke Bryan who says you've got a million more of them inside you. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I may be about to reach my quota. I've, I've said it a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, I could count on one hand the, the amount of times that I had said she we in my life before American <laughs> Idol. But after that, that just that that became one of those things that stuck. I don't know why, but it did. So I'm not going to question. I've even got T-shirts that have Chewy on it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. People want them, so if they too. want them, I'm happy to provide. Oh, yes. Well, that has literally made my night. Um, and uh, thank you so much uh, for speaking with us. It's been great to get to know you. Um, it's been an incredible interview with you. Um, we've really loved the answers you've given. Um, and the beauty of it as well, so detailed. Um, and that is what we were after. Yeah, so just, thank you. Just nice to sit down and shoot the breeze with someone who loves country as much as we do. Yeah, absolutely. And anytime, if y'all ever want to do this again, just say the word and we'll make it happen. Thank y'all so much. This has been great. It's been a pleasure getting to talk to y'all. Well, thank, I know. You. Well, thank you very much. And uh, enjoy going back with your barn there. And yes, get continue back, back writing to work. And- yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get her done. I think I'm probably going to go grab something to eat here real quick and take a little break from recording, and I'll come back and see what other damage I can cause to the music industry. Amazing. <laughs> well, well, thank you, Ryan, and uh, hopefully we'll speak very soon. Good luck for the rest of the day, bud. Hey, y'all too. Thank you very much. God bless. See you, bye. you too. Bye. So that was uh, Ryan Hartman. Um, what an interview. sue <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we can do that quite I, as well. Uh, dude, I thought that actually wasn't a bad attempt. <laughs> so what's funny about that interview as well is like right at the end, me and Alex were like, oh, what we'll do is we'll we'll ask him after we play the game with him, if he can teach us a certain word or oh, phrase yeah. from Arkansas and we'll teach him a word from Newcastle, which is our dialect is Geordie, if you're not aware of that. Geordie. And oh, yeah. yeah, it's very hard to understand um, luckily we don't speak broad Geordie um, so yeah we're going to do that and then all of a sudden Alex was like can you give us a shoo 
<laughs> and he was like, oh, yeah, sure. And then I, I felt like I couldn't do that to I him afterwards. generally think if he got a dollar or a, a pound for every time he's done that, he would be a millionaire be twice rich. over. Yeah, he would be rich. Um, but I remember when we were talking about doing that uh, with him, I wanted to, I wanted him to teach us how to do like howdy properly, because I was gonna say if you teach us howdy, I'll teach you how ye, <laughs> how ye, oh, wow. how ye. What does how ye mean? It means how you. <laughs> we'll do it with a proper southerner, like one day, like a southerner in like Southern American, um, well not like South America, but like. Like Texas way, like Louisiana, someone from that area, we will get on the show and we will have them speaking Geordie in no time. Oh, happy days. Um, I've gone Geordie now. Um, so, yeah, um, but it was great talking to him. And I loved the, with the faster response, like the rapid response questions at the end. That he was said, not rapid. I know. It was just funny because he said that, oh, I'm going to do this quickly. And then, <laughs> and then he would like go into detail about his answer. It was like the first, first answer. I think you like beer or whiskey. He's like, oh, oh god, <laughs> and then, like stumped. I like sat there. And we're like, uh-huh. <laughs> are um, you right? He but, was awesome. Though. Yeah, he was, he he's was such awesome. a laugh. And like yeah. you see, as you can tell from that interview, like we were saying before, so knowledgeable about country music. Oh yeah, um, just really loves it. Like not only as an artist, but he lives and breathes it. Yeah. Um, and we did our research on him beforehand and learned that he. He learned electric guitar to begin with, um, did all that, then went to like an acoustic singer, like songwriter thing and learned like his craft then. So just a man of many talents. Yeah. And the good thing about it as well in, in his interview that he discusses and gives like tips and uh, of how he writes songs and how like you were saying, like, oh, I know other people who do it this way and stuff. So it gives you a good uh, like tip, like hints and tips on how to write songs and do music. So definitely listen to it. Uh, listen to that part of it and like listen to it over and over again. If you want to be a songwriter, um, listen to what he's got to say because he's doing all right. <laughs> yeah. And this is the thing as well. Like I'm really excited to see where his career goes. Because some people might be like, oh, like he's not mainstream yet. Correct. But what you got to remember is his audition was like 2019, yeah. but then it didn't air until a week or two before COVID. And then obviously everyone seen him wanted to book him, but then everything shut down. Yeah. And that just puts a back burner like it did on everyone's career at that yeah. time. So he just went away and chipped away and worked worked all during like lockdown and wrote new music, just zoned in on his craft and we're really excited to see what the future holds for Ryan Harmon. Yeah, he's definitely got something going for him. So he's got the personality for it as well though. Oh, yeah. Like he has got a lovable personality where he's just so down to earth. Mm. And I think that alone will take him like far in that business. Hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. Right. But uh, next up on the agenda is Blaine's Country News. Ning, 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 ning. I, I don't know. I need to get some music for you. Wow. <laughs> I was not expecting that kind of intro, but I'll You're take welcome. it. I feel a bit overwhelmed after that. <laughs> good news. <laughs> Maybe you might should be up for a BCMA. <laughs> right. So this week, uh, not massive major deal happening. But uh, Sam Hunt, he's shared his latest video of his new single, 23. So if you guys haven't heard that, it follows on from like his past releases and it's just fantastic. Anything that Sam Hunt like puts his hand to, he's an absolute star. Uh, and the music video is really good. Um, 
again for new music videos dustin lynch and riley green have a killer video for their uh song huntland um which is shown there like proper like country boy roots and it's talking about a girl and that and not only is dustin a great artist but riley green put them together and you've got magic right there um unfortunately it's been like the four-year anniversary of um the las vegas route 91 harvest festival which for four years years. so that was the country music festival that happened in vegas um where 58 like innocent people were killed by that gunman in that hotel so i mean four years has traveled on so like it's crazy how that's just happened so quick um but yeah just thinking of the families at this time um at this four-year anniversary and it's really nice to see that like vegas still has the memorial where people were laying flowers putting like plaques out in that so yeah and that just shows like again when we always say like how it's like a country music family that people are sticking together even in tragedies like that um casey musgraves performed uh new songs from a star cross um on saturday night live so oh, she really? premiered them on there. Nice. Um, haven't seen the performance yet. Heard really good things about it, so I'll be checking that out. And finally, one of our favourite artists, Morgan Wallen. Uh, he's actually banned from the Country Music Awards 21 this year. Uh, going back to his incident in February where he was filmed with a racial slur, but he came out and justified all that. He put his uh, wrongs to right. But yeah, so fair play to the uh, Country Music Awards for sticking by their word, not allowing them in. Um, But yeah, so, and we always talk about like new music and that. Um, If you've got Spotify, definitely just type in this on Spotify. It's New Music Nashville. And whenever an artist releases new music, there's a playlist on there and there'll be like music put in and i've noticed quite a few british artists are making that list as well but whether like that sam hunts 23 would be on there and it's like updated daily and that's when like me and alex we find out like new music from there if we haven't heard about it already and there's a lot of like independent artists on there mainstream artists so it's a good good way to start finding like artists that you might never have heard of before so that's new music nashville on spotify good music as well like it is like it really like it really is like every now and again you get some kind of song where you just don't you don't feel a connection with it but i'll be honest with you i think the majority of the time you listen to it you go oh that was good that was good and you you know and that's how people get discovered so yeah guys uh go on spotify and uh get listening there's there's so many good artists on there um like alex was saying that because they haven't had the chance to be discovered and they're sort yeah. of making waves but their music is actually nine times out of ten better than what's actually in the um charts whether it be the billboard top 100 yeah like the uk like uk top 40 um it's so much better there and it's just a shame that these artists aren't getting the recognition they deserve but it is what it is yeah but that's uh that's awesome well it's coming to the end of the show which means uh one thing blin Ooh. It means song of the week. Yeah, our independent artist, independent artist of the week. Yeah, which Again. is Grand, <laughs> Grand River, River Sounds Sound. for the second time with their same song. 
Uh, Love it that much. We've played it twice. Again, we don't really have to do too much talking about this. Uh, if you refer back to our episode number six, six. with the um, where we talk to independent artists, uh, Grand River Sounds was on, Imran was on representing his, and there's like vocals from like Dallas Norway on this track. Um, but definitely go back to that interview because um, we speak to Imran, such a cool guy, just talks to it, lets me know about the track and how fantastic it is. Like, we just heard it straight away and we were like, wow. Yeah. And this is like the stripped back acoustic version and yeah. Well, looking forward to it. Um, I'm always looking forward to it. I love this song so much um, and I, I do love the stripped back version. But let's let's just say our goodbyes now before we play out this track yeah so thank you guys for listening um it's been a pleasure once again um and yeah sorry for the uh little gap where we've been away but it, it was much needed again. and but it's actually helped us get our schedule up to date and we've just got so much exciting stuff for you guys in the in the near future yeah i mean, and, and I mean to be fair we can't help being ill it was just bad timing that I was ill the first week and then the second week you got ill. It's getting to that part of the year where like loads of stuff's flying about, yeah. the weather's changing, like, oh. Germs, germs. But it is what it is. Like, I, no doubt it'll probably happen again in the distant near future. But we'll plot on and we'll go again. But like I say, exciting times for Countryfied UK. And we're back on the horse now. Yep, and I always have to mention this, Rockstar Bingo. If you go onto Pro Plan and put in Countryfied Bingo, you get 25% off. And uh, there's going to be, there's more uh, games going on there. There's going to be big events. Um, and me and Blaine have been planning and have some news coming eventually. Um, so please be patient, but we've got something in yeah. the pipeline. Uh, yeah, just as Alex says, uh, it involves Zoom. It involves zoom, zoom, zoom. Halloween, it involves costumes, it involves you, you guys, and it involves us. So I'll let you try and piece together all them cryptic clues, and <laughs> we'll go from there. I think but... the five-year-olds will get that one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it seems like the longest outro ever. I, I am so sorry, Grand River Sounds. In that case, bye, bye, bye from Alex. <laughs> and it's a bye from me, and this is Grand River Sounds, Where I Belong, acoustic version. I believe that the time for me to rise has come, yeah Guess that means I'm gonna miss the chance to write these poems Where I'll be when the levee breaks, yeah, when kingdom comes Speeding out this rag and bone town Well, I sing my song Unto the next black top, yeah Only get one ride My knees 
so many times I missed the life I wanted. I had to bleed for the right to wave my flag as one. You watch me leave and saw a storm begin to roll behind me. Should've known I never slowed down. I meant to live my way. I'm to the next black top, yeah. Only get one ride. No mm-hmm.